This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. We've got our take cannons loaded and ready. Ready. Absolutely dominant on deep routes. Absolutely dominant on short the routes. Boys are back. Excellent baby. separation against man coverage. This is reception. Reception. The show. What is cracking, everybody? James Coe, Matt Harmon here with you, and you are listening to Reception Perception, the show. Matt Harmon, my guy, how are we feeling today? James, I'm feeling awesome because um, the truck that I bought uh, with the with the money from the good people, uh, the good subscribers of ReceptionPerception.com, <laughs> and and also maybe my maybe my other uh, maybe my other job as well, yeah, finally slightly. arrived today. Arrived oh today, so I'm God. feeling I'm feeling like a a big Dang. badass right now. Yes, it's out it's out in front of the house and I'm I'm feeling good, man. So I'm fired up for this show. I'm fired Dude. up about that. Week 3 in the NFL, man, if it's a good time to be alive, bro. Holy hell, look at you just big balling right now. I love it, man. <laughs> so Dude, I, it's it's by far the nicest thing I've ever done for myself. And if <laughs> I, and honestly, if I'm being really transparent with you and the listeners, it feels yes. weird to to have to own something that that nice. It feels really weird. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, man. Okay, cool. Hey, listen, we got a great show in front of us here today, and we're really going to dive down deep uh, into your rest of season rankings here, Matt. Um, you had some big movers and shakers, um, and some of the names we're going to be hitting on today, Amon Ross St. Brown, Garrett Wilson, C.D. Lamb, uh, Michael Gallup, and Christian Kirk as well. But can we start right at the top? Stefan Diggs, Jamar Chase, kind of sort of moving both of these guys around just a bit here. Can you tell the listeners um, what you did? Well, to be honest with you, James, I, I really thought about moving Stefan Diggs to wide receiver two um, mm. I, over over Justin Jefferson. Now, I feel pretty good about having, you know, not that I think Justin Jefferson is going to have great games before I think he's going to have a great season. I do feel really good the way the first two weeks have played out for um, the fact that I kept uh, Cooper Cup as my wide receiver one pretty much throughout the process, never really wavered, um, even though Justin Jefferson's a great player. And it was certainly like the hipster thing to do, right, to move JJ uh, to wide receiver one. But, yeah, so I feel really good about um, – we're really good about where Steph Diggs is at right now. Obviously, he's coming off a freaking three touchdown game. We know that. Um, <laughs> so that's pretty exciting. Right. Uh, you know, at the same time, though, it's just really I'm looking at two ecosystems right now. And, you know, the, the rollout for Jefferson in week one, I mean, it couldn't have been any better. Right. Than right. it was. It was a dominant performance against a defense that wasn't really, you know, ready for it. Um, but then again, at the same time, week two against um you know a really a defense i think in philadelphia that is going to be pretty good this year i think they made some moves um you know darius slay's a great cornerback he, he even said right. that he's had like kind of justin jefferson ticketed um like he, what did he say after the game that he, justin jefferson is his son's favorite receiver so he was like uh yeah i gotta go tag that guy right um which is pretty funny by the way i just thought that was a cool oh, anecdote great. 
Yeah. But really, the, the reality is, you know, I'm just looking at this Bills ecosystem right now. I think the Bills are the best team in the NFL. I think oh, you could yeah. argue that they have the oh, best yeah. offense and the best defense in the NFL. And, you know, I, I think when you watch Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs this year, look, we know Steph Diggs is a great player. He still owns the top score all time in reception perception and success rate versus man coverage. He's an elite route runner. He's been an elite route runner for a long time. He's an elite NFL receiver. But I think when you watch him and Allen this year, it's like their primes are perfectly intersecting. And now right. they're almost doing that like Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams stuff where they're just on the exact same page, you know, because he, these guys have now worked together for this is their third. Se- it's crazy. This is only their third season together. But I think they've got that mind meltdown at this point that yeah, really through the first two games you've seen multiple times where they've gotten those like back shoulder plays. Just give me, give me, give me every single time. It feels really good. I think the connection between Allen and Diggs at this point that, um, yeah, I, I think it's a no brainer to have him over Jamar Chase. I actually wish I had the stones to put him over Jamar Chase coming into this year. Um, and now it's just a question of like, I, I do think it's a debate between him and Justin Jefferson at wide receiver two, but for now I've, I've kept it Diggs three and, and Jamar Chase four and, and, and Justin Jefferson at two behind cup. Okay, so Cooper Cup, Justin Jefferson, um, Stefan Diggs, and then Jamar Chase at wide receiver four. Am I getting that right? Yes, and I think that's a tier of one still. I, I still believe that, that is a that's 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 the first tier, and then there's a drop off to, you know, five, six, seven, eight, whatever. You know, you take a, you talk about that mind meld there in Buffalo. I mean, Stefan Diggs is catching freaking everything right now. Mm -hmm. The guy has 23 targets, 20 receptions. That's good for an 86.9% catch rate, 270 yards. And obviously the touchdowns just, I mean, bountiful right now. Four touchdowns here uh, for Stefan Diggs. Meanwhile, Jamar Chase is your wide receiver 10 on the season through two weeks. Uh, 15 of 25 catching the football, 183 and one touchdown. Relatively low catch rate for him, uh, just a 60% catch rate for Jamar Chase. You would imagine that that efficiency does go up uh, over time. I would imagine with Joe Burrow throwing him the football. It is interesting when you look at the Bengals right now because part of the optimism, I think, for Chase and for Higgins and this entire passing game was twofold. Number one, we expected that they'd have their offensive line fixed. They have not fixed that offensive line. They did. They did a lot of stuff yeah, they did. to it, but they, did. they didn't quite get there. I mean, Leo Collins has been one of the most disappointing players in the entire NFL. I think at this point yeah. at right tackle, um, look, I mean, he went against his former team in week two, went against Micah Parsons, Micah Parsons, is a legitimate one-man wrecking crew. I think Mark, Micah yeah. Parsons is already the second best defensive player in the NFL behind Aaron Donald. He he's that dominant right now. I mean, he can absolutely t- he can absolutely take over an entire game. So that was a tough matchup there, Bengals Cowboys in week two. But that offensive line just hasn't it hasn't looked like it's been fixed yet. So that's still a work in progress. And I I think Burrow has looked a little rusty too. Again, two good defenses, two good pass rushes in Pittsburgh, um, in Pittsburgh and uh, and 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 Dallas in in week two there. But still, I think that that group is still kind of coming together. And the second thing that I think you'd have imagined with the with the Bengals is that their passing game would have been more up-tempo, getting the ball out quicker, stuff like that. And we haven't quite seen that come to fruition yet. So I think there are better days ahead for the Bengals, but I just feel really good about where Diggs and, and the Buffalo Bills are right now. And I, I'm not loving what's, what we've seen so far out of the Bengals. 
Yeah, I mean, obviously, obviously the offensive line is a work in progress. They spend, <laughs> they spend a lot of money in the offseason, <laughs> dedicated like $70 million or $80 million in new money um, to the offensive line, which is uh, pretty impressive. But I think I agree with you that better days are ahead. Listen, they saw Pittsburgh in week one. They saw Dallas in week two. And you can say whatever you want about Dallas offensively, defensively. Oh, my gosh, these guys are cooking right now because <laughs> of Micah Parsons, because of the other Diggs brother. Um, as well mm-hmm. but Pittsburgh week one is tough dude like you That's know what tough, I mean like, yeah. yeah that that was tough so better days are ahead they've got the Jets this week they've got Miami coming up and then Baltimore um, so look it, there's going to be some you know a little grab bag of matchups there I'm not saying those are all soft matchups but certainly when you start your season Pittsburgh Dallas um, that that is pretty tough so I agree with you that better days are ahead uh, by the way just getting back to the Philadelphia thing from a schematic standpoint, and again, I don't have the official numbers in front of me here, but uh, they went zone heavy in Green Bay week one, and um, JJ just absolutely dismantled them single-handedly, mm-hmm. right? And then in week two, boy, Philadelphia, I thought they'd ran a lot more man. Um, and that's kind of sort of their identity anyways, I believe, uh, from a defensive standpoint. But it should be noted that in the offseason, <clears throat> they added James Bradbury, as mm-hmm. their second corner, right? And yep. Bradbury, listen, Bradbury did not play well last year, but you could say that about a lot of Giants. The vibes were not <laughs> yeah, New York. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you know what I'm saying? The vibes were not good in New York. Um, you kind of sort of want to give him a pass, but I think even still, if you want to say, okay, he's your number two corner, ooh, boy, Slate and Bradbury as a one-two combo, that is pretty nice. That is pretty nice. And they also traded for uh, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson right before right. the season started, and they had a lot of problems at safety over the last few years. He can also play some slot corner slot. as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm just pulling up the numbers right now. The Eagles are, you know, they've been a little less zone-heavy, I think, than they were last year when they were they were extremely zone-heavy. But still, like, they're about right in the middle of the league in terms of man coverage rate right now. But um, the, really what I think they did extremely well against the Vikings was – they just they squatted on short and intermediate routes and they just the, the I, I do think it's worth having a conversation about with the Vikings like how good are the guys around Justin Jefferson right now right. like they could de- dedicate and squat on Justin Jefferson like short to intermediate routes and they're just reading Kirk's eyes man and that was just an all-time <laughs> bad primetime Kirk Cousins game like it's classic primetime Kirk he's so bad in primetime it is incredible like what happens uh, I, in prime time, it's I don't past get his it. bedtime. It's past his <laughs> bedtime. I guess it is, man. I don't know. I don't know what the deal is. And it was so weird too. It's like between the twenties, so good. And then yeah. once they got in red zone, you're like, just absolutely fell apart. Kirk Cousins. Um, they need a second answer. I think at wide receiver. I think Adam Thielen yeah. has clearly lost a step. Um, yeah. Well, I tell you, Irv Smith looked a little interesting there. Uh, although I we're getting a little off topic here with Minnesota. So let's move on. Hey everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, C.D. Lamb, uh, you've got him, what, just outside the top 10, man. Um, a decent bounce back there in week number two. Again, and we and we were saying, hey, listen, 
better days are ahead, man. Like week one, he saw Tampa yeah. Bay. Tampa Bay's defense is absolutely disgusting. It's so nasty. Okay, week two, he saw Cincinnati. Slightly softer matchup. Seven catches on 11 targets for 75 yards. You've got him just outside the top 10. Yeah, so far, CeeDee Lamb has gone from wide receiver five in the redraft rankings, which, I mean, I, I still, I'm still like, waking up in the middle of the night in cold sweats being like, why did you rank CD lamb above Devonte Adams going into this year? But still, um, whatever. Uh, it was an aggressive ranking, probably like not going to work out, but also didn't see Dak getting hurt. So I, right. I initially had jumped, knocked him down to like wide receiver 16, 17, even maybe I think, uh, yeah. in a previous edition. Now I've got him back up to wide receiver 11. Like you said, just outside the top 10, I think that's probably where he settles right now. And if, if, any of your, if you're listening to this and any of your league mates are still freaking out about Cooper Rush, like go trade for CD Lamb right now because I do right. think better better days are ahead for CD Lamb. I mean, honestly, he's got 22 targets in the first two games. Like he's seen 11 in both games. That's great. Right. And from two different quarterbacks, I think the most important thing. Yeah, this happens all the time in Week One, right? Like sometimes you you see something and you don't know how to react. Like the Dallas mm-hmm. offense looks like absolute ass in Week One. <laughs> Is that because Dallas's <laughs> offense is completely broken or is or, that because Tampa Bay's defense yeah. is really good? And then in week two, you see uh, Tampa Bay put Jameis Winston, who they have familiar with, familiarity with, but they put Jameis Winston and the boys in the blender. Like, oh I mean, God. all day, just just kicking ass, right? Yep. So so I think the I think the lesson there is the Bucks defense is just really good. Really, really yes. good. Probably going to be a top five unit this year. They've got playmakers oh, no at all question. three levels. So that's kind of my takeaway from being really freaked out about Dallas's offense in week one and CeeDee Lamb's like outlier performance. Two catches on 11 targets. Give me a I break. And, and I think, number one, got to show Cooper Rush a little respect. That guy has, at this point, um, <laughs> you know, my, my brother-in-law is a big Cowboys fan, and he just uh, texted me a graphic that says Dak Prescott, 36 losses, Cooper rush, zero losses. Might be time, <laughs> might be time to have a discussion about it, but like there Jesus, Travis show Golly. some, have some self-respect, but it, I mean, Cooper rush has been pretty good since he's gotten, when he, when he gets in there, um, he well, won it, that game against the Vikings and he, he was pretty good at, on Sunday. I mean, we talked about this ourselves, like, you know, and I, and I was trying to like, you know, calm everybody down. I'm like, Hey, listen, CD lamps, too good of a player. You know, like, I'm not saying he's going to be a top 10 guy, but, you know, I think somewhere in the top 20, I think, makes a lot of sense. I, to be honest with you, I kind of feel like wide receiver, like 17, 18, makes a little bit more sense. I feel like your initial reaction to dropping him from 5 to 17 is probably, that that feels about right to me. I love what Cooper Rush, um, I don't love it, but I mean, listen, like I said, Cooper Rush is not <laughs> we'll the worst. We'll live with it. We'll take yeah, it. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying he's not the worst. Right. It's not like he went full Mason Rudolph on us. Right. So like, look, oh he's God. not the worst backup. Um, but as we know, with backup quarterbacks, the more tape you get on these guys, the less effective they are. So um, they didn't have a lot of tape on him in week number two. The Bengals did not. So uh, I, I would imagine his effectiveness will go down as the uh, as the weeks progress. But again, if the matchups are fine and you could you could game tape this guy all day long if you want. But if you don't have the personnel to execute. Still not going to stop everybody, right? So um, I think wide receiver 15-ish to me, I think sounds about right, uh, especially looking at your rankings too, because again, you're, you're talking about in this in this group, you've got, you know, Amon Ross St. Brown ahead of him. You know, T. Higgins is in this group. Debo Samuel is in this group. Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Terry McLaurin, 
eh, I feel like CeeDee Lamb's kind of in like that Terry McLaurin-ish area uh, if we were talking about your ranks. I'd still rather have him than T Higgins and Debo Samuel um, and both chargers guys, but I could hear, but that's the point of the tier, right? In this yes. tier is like, I could see any of these guys, you 100%. know, outscoring CD lamb. Right. Um, I think another big X factor for Dallas and for CD lamb and the trickle down effect is that Michael Gallup sounds like he's close to getting back, um, yeah. which is pretty crazy aggressive timeline, but Very. Um, it does sound like he, he might take some reps in this week three game and, I think we forget how good Michael Gallup is when he's healthy, dude. This guy's an awesome player. He's a, he is talk about like the guy that runs the difficult routes and just mm -hmm. like, Hey, uh, the thing people don't want to talk about when like Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup both had a thousand yards is that Michael Gallup was running the harder routes, playing the harder receiver position. And, you know, Amari Cooper just getting those cookie cutter little flanker targets. Um, but that's my own <laughs> agenda there. Michael Gallup's a good player, man. So when he's back out there and we don't have to deal, you know, they finally, they cut our guy, Dennis Houston, I know who, who which uh, our, our guy, you know, week one, like big time player, Dennis Houston, they finally cut this, this creative character. And now Michael Gallup's out there. Hey, Noah Brown even was making some plays for uh, this team in, in week <laughs> two. Sure. So maybe the all hope is not lost in the Dallas passing game. Well, to me, I feel like if Noah Brown can actually play uh, inside a little bit and they've kind of sort of mixed him around, like I, I you know, and again, if we, if you, if they want to mix and match those trio of receivers, that's not the worst group that you're looking at here. When you're talking about CD lamb, Michael Gallup and Noah Brown, Noah Brown does not need to be a world beater guys. He just needs to be a, a league average wide receiver three in this league. And if that's the case, it will help unlock this offense a bit. It will help unlock CD Lamb to, to in terms of getting open. And Michael Gallup's going to help there as well. All right, where did you put Michael Gallup? Where did you have him before, and where do you have him now? God, Noah Brown has been in the league forever. <laughs> so we, <laughs> it's, it's, like, it's like 2017, crazy. Um, I bumped Michael Gallup up. I I had him in like wide receiver tier nine. I ended up putting him in tier seven okay. around wide receiver 54. Um, and I think I, he could rise from there. 54 is um, Julio Jones, Traylon Burks, Tyler Boyd, uh, DeAndre Hopkins. But obviously that's a weird one. You know, yeah. he's in a, like Sterling Shepard, Nico Collins range um, okay. is Michael Gallup right now. He's, he's there with Robert Woods. I dropped down to this tier. I think Robert Woods is a guy like if you need to make a drop, you can drop Robert Woods. Like I it, it ain't happening. Yeah. It ain't happening in Tennessee. Like if you, I don't really want any, I don't want any part of the Titans offense right now. They look, nope. um, they look terrible. Um, here's a crazy uh, stat from my buddy, Andy Barron's uh, in his stat pack article um, right now. Uh, oh shit. Let me, uh, let me pull it up actually. So I don't, I don't mess it up. Well, okay. Um, while you're, while you're talking about that, I'll, I'll I will, uh, you know, again, you talked about how you were semi highish semi on Nico Collins, um, came through in, in week number two, interesting, uh, stat line there. So nine targets, which is a ton. Um, and then four receptions for 58 yards. There was a little bit of hope there. I know you, uh, were a little bit higher on him. Uh, the sim folks, I mean, listen, I like Nico Collins, but I was like, yeah, I'm not, I don't want anything to do with this Houston Texans offense. But, um, but again, he wasn't the, he was not the worst. And he did show in a very tough matchup, by the way, against Denver, um, that there is something to get excited about. Yeah. Uh, that Derrick Henry stat, by the way, um, Andy wrote that Derrick Henry has gained 101 yards after contact so far in his 34 carries, according to pro football focus, which is a notable figure because he's only rushed for 107 yards. So, wow. 
Wow, Yikes. wow, 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 wow. <laughs> not a fun, not a fun season. Uh, no. I agree that Nico Collins, who, like I said, is right there with, um, with Michael Gallup for me. Um, you know, two guys that I think you, you want to stick on the end of your bench and see what happens. The Texans get the bears this week, right? Like the bears defense is brutal. Um, oh, that, bad, that I think at this point we know they get, um, the chargers after that's a tougher matchup, but then Hell they yeah. get the Jaguars the week following. So, um, and you know, Jags defense, I think is still a little hit or miss. Yep. Uh, especially at the cornerback position. So I think Nico Collins is still a guy you want to have on the end of your roster and just see what happens. And dude, yeah, Michael Gallup, I think if he's healthy, he's going to give you like better than expected numbers. And really, really the important thing with Gallup being back is just like, what did we see in week one against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Just sitting on those short and intermediate routes. Cause like <laughs> semi for who the hell is not born, burning them deep. And Dennis Houston ain't burning them deep. So like Michael Gallup, yeah. though, he can get deep. He can burn. So uh, right. he's an p- important guy to get back. But certainly if he's out there on any waiver wires and, I bet he is. You should probably add him and stick him in the end of the